Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday Morning Services. Thank you so much for being with me. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Happy belated Merry Christmas and a, a good New Year's for you. You could get involved in this discussion today by calling 800-411-BOND, 800-411-2663. And you can also email us, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and uh, put your name in town on it. Good morning to everybody here. Happy belated uh, Christmas. Everybody had a good one? No, I did. <clears throat> you got to not have a good Christmas. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> um, after we are done taping here, I want to tell you guys what happened at my family gathering on, on, on uh, it was, it was an outright war. Really, it was outright, I had to use curse words. They tricked me over there. <laughs> but I'll get into that later. <laughs> um, okay, this year is ending. This is our last Sunday of this year. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, when we come back, it'll be 2010, right? Uh, this year was, what I want to do is just get a little feedback from this year. All right. I want to get a little feedback from this year about endurance. And then we're going to introduce the new theme for next year. And, all right. But I said to you last Sunday that when you come back today, you should have great stories of what you had to endure and how you were able to overcome. And, uh, and what does endurance mean to you now? So I was looking forward to getting here this morning because I knew it that I was going to get feedback, that I'm just not coming to bring a message. You guys are going to feed me too today. And so I can't wait to get the feedback. So we'll talk a few minutes about it, and then we'll introduce this theme for next year. Very exciting, exciting theme too. I'm looking forward to it for next year. Um, anybody want to tell me what you had to go through and how you endured? What was the outcome for this year, 2009? Wow. I wonder if I didn't say another word when we all just sit here looking at each other. Would that happen for a whole hour? Wow. I'm sorry? Yeah. Yes, Patrick. Um, I had to endure a lot of external stresses. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking about how would I endure that by trusting in God, really, because um, the things that are out there that are on us are so large, there's no way our little mind can kind of figure out how to work with them. So you kind of, you kind of uh, deal with it by not dealing with it, in the sense that not trying to do something and just letting it be. And I was able to do that better this year without going crazy. <laughs> and did you learn anything from it? Any insight from it? Um, I learned more trust in, in God instead of trying to do it myself. Yeah. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Um, I would say I was challenged with um, learning or the temptation to resent. 
Oh, okay. Things. Yeah. And even people I've given the temptation to find new things to resent about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I found interesting when I could observe what was actually going on. And that's the key word, you can observe what was going on. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that help when you're able to see it coming like that? Absolutely, you can see how ridiculous it is. Uh -huh. If you've already been there, why go back? Kind of that is so the key to life. And see, most people can't observe what's going on. They can't see what's happening. And that's why they end up repeating it, judging again. Yeah, well, even, and even observing it, sometimes you still, it still gets you, but you, at least you can see where, as you're falling in the hole, you see where you're going. <laughs> that's right. Um, and then I think I learned from it is that I'm not born again because I still, I'm still privy to those temptations or I'm still susceptible to those things that don't necessarily make sense, but, you know... <clears throat> I still feel the need to give in to sometimes. Give in to them. Interesting stuff. God, at least one person got it. Oh, no, everybody raising their hand. <laughs> okay, no, we can not. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm probably just dealing with my grandchildren. I can, uh, I can see there's a space there where like, I don't like overreact to them. Yes. Because, the, I don't know, by being boys, they're kind of different than when my kids were. They, if you tell a little louder they're not. They're just not interested in like pretty much doing what you tell them to do. They just want to do exactly what they want to do. Yes. And um, like last night, the big boy was beating. I mean, literally beating up the little one. His fist and everything. Really trying to show out for, for the other kids who were right. watching. And I was so upset with him. I wanted to hurt him almost. But I mean, I knew I was so upset I couldn't do anything. So I just kind of. I could see that distance between it, and I could just calm down and just talk to him. And I just talk to him, you know, yeah. and put him in the bed and stuff. And, but it's a nice thing to be observed, you can, because you can observe the kids and what they're going through, and you can see their mind kind of turning too. That's so right. You can kind of react to that, and you don't overreact, which is really nice. Yes, ma'am. Um, it's easy to hate kids now, <laughs> your own kids, your grandkids, and all of them. <laughs> and the reason that. The reason that it is easy to hate them because they're not disciplined properly. Oh, they're so spoiled. Yeah, they're spoiled, they're out of control. I've never thought that you can grow up in life and take your kids to somebody's house and let them just run through the house. Do you realize that my grandmother would have just taken me and just whooped me with the house if I ran through somebody's house? Run through the house, take your sofa apart and you run yeah. on your furniture. They jump on they, they jump on, on your couch, they, they have no discipline, at, no home discipline at all, and the parents are just, go sit down. They don't even care what the parents are The parents, most of them don't even say anything. And then if you say something, you got to fight the parent. In your house, and the parents are letting them destroy your house. Where, these kids are in trouble. They are. They're not, God said that we're supposed to discipline our children. They have no fear. The, not at all. No fear of their father. They are not they afraid of their parents at all. One thing I noticed that how is this happening? Grandkids that are so spoiled, they're just not happy. I mean, if she's they're not they happy. say, I want before they can get the word out of what they want, it's already in their hands. Yeah. But they're still not happy. They're not happy. With sad face, they always have an attitude. It's like wow. They uh, I was at my daughter's, you know, my family. And they had a truckload of tree, uh, presents on the tree. Presents just everywhere, just beautiful colors. I'm like, why'd you guys get all this stuff? Well, it's from all of us, it's from the family. I told them last year to get one toy 
a little few clothes, and that's enough. Don't do it this year. These kids got, and the kids are so spoiled that they'll just sit there and open these presents and throw them to the side and get another. They don't even take a moment and appreciate the present. Yeah, it's too much. It's too much. It's just destroying their nature. And just think what these kids are going to be like when they become teenagers. Scary to think about it. Man, we are in trouble. My son, he's doing it right. You know, he has five children. He, he it took all he had to make sure it was done right, but it was done right. They got one toy, and then they got a big game that they all can play with. And he was, and they got the one toy that they really wanted, something that they really wanted. But he said he noticed that when his kids opened their presents, they were so appreciative of it. Mm-hmm. They didn't run to the next one and just throw it to the side. They really, really, they were surprised they got it, first of all. Mm-hmm. And then they appreciated it when they opened it up. But with my other grandkids, <laughs> they were, and then it took all I had to make them wait until we had dinner before they opened the presents. They're like, oh, let's go to the present, Grandpa, let's go to the I'm like, no, put them down. <laughs> we're going to eat first. And then they're anxious to go open them. I said, look, the longer you wait, <laughs> the long it's going to take to open them, right? And so we finally got dinner ready, and we sat down to eat, and they rushed through dinner. Oh, Grandpa, we're ready now. I said, well, you ate too fast. The older people are not ready yet. <laughs> they were anxious. Where they at? Am I right? They were anxious. I don't think like They have no patience. They harassed for a week. The what? I said I was harassed for a week. About yeah. <laughs> and so we finally got through eating. And then I had to clean, I made them clean up. We made them clean up and stuff. Then we had the older one to pass them out. And I'm trying to get them to pause for a moment and realize what they have. But next year, if my kids do that, I'm going to kill them all. <laughs> I'm going to kill the kids. I'm going to kill the adults. <laughs> because if I don't kill the adults, the kids going to kill them when they turn teenagers. They really are because they're not developing character at all. That's so true. Not at all. And that ain't love to do your kids that way. It's not love to not discipline your children. And you're rewarding them for being nothing. You don't let your kids run through your house, through anybody else. You tell them, go there. It doesn't mean like they just don't move. But you got to teach them to be disciplined. But I don't know what parents are thinking. I really don't know what they're thinking. It's not love. That is spoiling and corrupting and losing the soul of your kids. But these parents don't have any sense at all. <laughs> they want their kids to like them. But the kids don't even like the parents. No, they don't realize that yet. They, they want to be their friends. They're doing everything that they want. And they're going to realize all they're making the news hate them when it comes down to it. That's right. And when, I notice that when they reward their kids and then it's time to discipline their kids, they won't even listen. So they're not liking the parents for what they're doing. He's setting them up for life to give them a hard blow. What is happening to us? I notice uh, with, <coughs> with my goddaughters, um, how they'll test, they'll test you. Yeah. They'll take turns testing you. And, <laughs> you know, um, um, they, it's a different spirit compared to their mother because they'll always go, well, my mother doesn't let me, my mother lets me do that. Yeah. My mother, because they have no idea what a male spirit is like, how a male. I tell you, your mama concept. is wrong until I said it. <laughs> <laughs> tell mama she's wrong. 
Um, Martin was telling me uh, that he almost hate his brother because he was a disciple, right? Am I supposed to say this out loud? Um, he was wrong, his no, nephew. Since you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> just continue. Uh, you been out it. He, um, for years, he hasn't really listened to me about, you know, standing up to his wife, and now his wife is the main disciplinary force in the house, and she's only interested in their discipline when it comes to school. You know, the, both kids are, you know, straight-A students, but uh, um, their, their little daughter that they have, four-year-old, she's just the whiniest the whiniest, most spoiled child I think you could possibly create. And, uh, um, well, they haven't met my grandkids yet. I don't think she's ever heard the word no. And she's only three or four. You know, she's real young and she's real bad. And, uh, they, 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 um, I have to, when I go over there, my whole purpose is to say no to the kids yep. so that they yep. hear it. That's right. Because they don't hear it. And yep. I just say no just to, just so they can hear it. I'm just unreasonable about their normal request. I'll yep. give in once in a while, but mostly I just, I just like to say no, especially to the more spoiled brother. Yeah. They need to hear it. Yeah. And you know what? Once you do, and I can convince my brother that he's still going to live, <laughs> through this no experience, <laughs> my brother feels his pain more than he feels his pain yes. himself. Yeah. yeah. They don't want yeah. them to feel. Yeah. You want a little example? Real fast. We had just spent a lot of money on, on uh, him and I for a single present for him. And I said, Tom, you're afraid to ask this kid to turn off the TV so we can hear our TV. And I said, we had just spent this money. You don't think that you could... Ask, you can even ask a favor from him after you just spent all this on him? Well, he shouldn't be uncomfortable in his own house. <laughs> Myself and, and, and his older son this is terrible. and his wife all looked at him like he had just, like he had just um, grown another head or something. <laughs> it, was, it was the craziest thing. Even, we, even they couldn't understand what he had just said. I noticed that even with parents now, they would tell their kids, no, oh, well, don't do this. Go sit down or whatever. And, and if the kid don't do it, they'll say, well, you're not going to get this. You're not going to go to the park. If you, my grandmother have never said, you're not going to get, oh, my granddad, never said, you're not going to get something if you don't do this. I mean, the, the power in their words, uh, it was enough to make me sit down or listen. But now they have to say, if you don't do this, you're not going here. You're not going to play with your toy. Uh, you're not... They have, parents have no authority over their kids at all. I have a friend of mine. Like, Isn't that like amazing? I can't, I'm mind blowing. My afro is turning white. <laughs> like white people hair. Yeah. I have a friend of mine, just like um, Martin, that has a son, 16, 17 years old, and he beats his dad up. Yeah. His dad is afraid of him. Yeah. He'll, he'll come up to him, but he won't, you know, the son, since he's bigger and stronger now, he can't handle him. That's amazing. And the son and that's what's going to happen. Intimidates the father. That's right. The turn into a criminal. The son, I mean, the father is afraid of the son. Yeah. You know? Wow. That's what's happening. It's kind of too late. They're creating criminals, mm -hmm. monsters, and they don't even know it. Yes, sir. 
Yeah, I, uh, we had a birthday dinner for myself, and my brother has two kids, and one's about four or five, and the other's two, and, and, and the four or five-year-old's been totally spoiled, and, uh, you know, he's a little bit of a queen, and... Uh, a little bit of a what? A queen. A queen? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yep, that's what they become. Yeah, and he probably's going to be gay for sure, and... and <laughs> Basically, he, my dad said something, and he interrupted my dad. Ford, he's like, basically told my dad to almost like shut up. And yeah. Brother and his wife are right there. They didn't say a word. Yeah. And I could see this little kid, and then he said something to me. He tried to have mouth with me, and I said, I said, I'm not going to give you anything for your birthday. And he, you know, I'm I'm the one calling him on stuff. Yeah. I can just see this kid's just going to run rampant. My brother, you know, he's too weak. He doesn't say anything. And, and the, the wife is, you know, wants to create this, you know, she wants to be the God. Yeah. She creates this sort of God-like presence and spoils us, you know, this little kid doesn't have a chance. It's so, he's so young though that, I mean, I don't, I don't see how it's going to change. I mean, the other kid's actually pretty normal and he kind of is impervious, <laughs> and, but this one is really spoiled and he's... he's it's amazing, man. Yeah, but he, I, the baby will follow the pussy. Yeah, he's going to follow the big brother. He's, no, he's, tr he, he's got something special. He, he plays in his own little world, and he's, he's got a little more... You know, so he has already gone the other way. He's just, he just does his own thing. He's, you know, the, the older one tries to influence him, but he's kind of got a special little way about him. I mean, mm. We'll see what happens. Right. The, the older one has been already, at the age of four, traumatized and, and spoiled. And, and talking about endurance... This kind of stuff forces you to endure. You've got to speak up about it if you see what's going on. And then once you speak up about it, now you got to deal with the parents and everybody else going to come down on you. <laughs> I've had to speak up about this stuff all year. All year. But it's been good. Because Satan come to say, oh, if you say something about it, it's going to look like you're mean to the kids or you have to fight the parents. But somebody got to tell the truth and try to save this. I mean, these kids are worse than the ones that uh, uh, are older than them. You know, the generation before them, we thought that they were bad or are bad. This generation, these are monsters, gangsters. They have no respect and no fear of, of authority at all. And if you don't have some fear, proper fear of your parents, there's nobody else out there that can tell you what to do as you're getting older. Nobody else out there, no policeman, no teacher, no preacher, nobody will be able to tell you what to do if you don't have some fear of your parents. Isn't that true? That's correct. And, and, and everybody acts as though they don't see it, and then when you stand up against it, you got to fight with them. You're mean to your kids. Yes, sir? Yeah, that that uh, approach of bartering with your kids it's um, so commonly accepted. It's that's that's the that's what I see. And when you try to bring that up in the heat of the moment with a kid wanting something, and then they throw, well, you could uh, you can have that if you do this. Yeah. You're not going to get that. <clears throat> the parent freaks out just as much as the kid. And so it's like you have two kids you're dealing with. My son, one of my sons, was telling me that one of the things he had to endure to hear. He noticed that when he stand up for what is right. Everybody come after him, and they said these are these are not your ideas. You're listening to somebody else. You know that's not how you feel, and 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 they put so much pressure on him that eventually he started caving into it. You know he would give a little, 
because, you know, all these persons are, if you notice that whenever you have to stand up for what is right, most of the time you are alone in standing up for what is right. Even in your Christian family, you are alone. And so if this pressure keeps coming, if you're not really rooted and grounded, you will find yourself giving in a little bit at a time. And the more you give in, the more you're going to give in. Have you noticed that? The more you're going to give, you give in, the more you're going to give in. And so, a long story short, and he doesn't mind me saying this because it's so family and public, but he noticed that, you know, with his children, you know, he tried to watch his children and protect them spiritually, set a good example, right? But then he started allowing his in-laws to come that are not married, gay and all that stuff and spend the night and they'll bring their other half that they're not married to. And he, he, and he thinking, started thinking to himself, how am I, you know, why do I do this? You know, I know it's not right because it's not a good example. My wife and I are married. We're doing the right thing. And this is not right. But whenever he tried to stop it, his wife and everybody else jump in on it and become angry at him about it, thinking that you're just judging. You're just wrong. You shouldn't do this. But he's thinking to himself, well, I got to protect my children, I think. But they made him feel wrong, so he started caving in. And eventually, everybody started coming around, you know, doing it. And so he and I started talking about it. I told him, you know, you got to take a stand, man, because people of the world, and if you think about it in your own life, people of the world are constantly pushing to impose their lifestyles and their ideas on you. It's like men and women of God are constantly pushing back while they're trying to impose it on you. Now, if they want to live that way, let them live that way, but they don't have a right to bring this into your family and to condemn you when you don't want to do it. It is the craziest idea, but lots of Christian families have caved into that. Have you noticed that? Am I wrong about this? Anybody else ever have seen this? When I was growing up, ain't no way. <laughs> my uncle, you know, my uncles and my, my aunt used to come home from Indiana for Christmas and holidays. If they brought their boyfriend or their girlfriend home with them, they wouldn't even thought of them they're going to bring their lover. You know, <laughs> the same sex thing. That was so hidden away. If that were going on, they wouldn't even think of showing up. But anyway, if they brought their person home with them, there's no way they're going to stay in the same household. They had to stay down at Uncle Jim's house. <laughs> <laughs> or in some hotel. Motel 6. Yeah. It wasn't even thought of that they were going to come home and stay in Mama's house together. Even if they were sleeping in another room. Really. But that's not, that's like unheard of now. That's not right, folks. That's not morally. It's that bad example for kids. Because kids are going to think that that's okay to do it. We got to think about that. As we, our battle is a battle with between good and evil. And evil is, if somebody else wants to do wrong, you have a right to do it. God bless you. But you cannot impose, you're wrong for getting mad at someone else because they're trying to protect their family and their household. And family members are doing it. Not just the ones, it's, 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 it's typical now. It's nothing to go home. And my son was like so confused. He was like, well, what's going to happen when my kids go off to college and they want to come home and bring their girlfriend or boyfriend home. I said, first of all, that's not happening yet. You don't even know if they're going to college. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
it, we got to deal with what's happening right now. You know, because if you set the standard now, when and if they go to college, they're going to follow that standard. And if they deviate, they'll come back to it. So don't worry about the future. Let's deal with it right now. Isn't that true? Because he figured that by the time they go to school, it's going to be normal. You know, you can shack up at school now with your woman. You know what I'm saying? But they need some guidelines now. And you gotta, you got to watch this battle, folks. And you have to, that's what enduring is all about. You're enduring against evil. Within yourself, trying to overcome and the evil that's been pushed on you all the time. You are condemned if you don't go along with it. Your family member talk about you. They, they, and these are Christian family members. I'm not talk, I wish I was just talking about secular people. But I'm talking about people who name and claim Jesus and say that they believe in God. Anybody ever seen this happen? Am I making this up? I remember white people used to do this and black people said that was wrong. They could imagine their black daughter or son coming home with a person they weren't married to and lay up in their house. Black people used to know that that was wrong. Now it's popular in the black community. It seems as more educated they become, the dumber they become too. Where are the values? Where, where, where are the love? You know, where is the love? Yes, sir. I noticed that, I mean, a long time ago when I tried to uh, do that same thing that my mother also tried to do, you know, keep the relatives from bringing their, their lover, their unmarried yeah. to the house. Uh, she, stood, she stood against that strongly, but pressure from the family just after a while made her cave in. Yep. Probably would help give her her, um, her, her mental disease eventually, yeah. I, I'm thinking. Because you become angry about that because you know you give it in to something that is absolutely wrong. Yeah, I think it gives you mental problems Yeah, on. it makes you sick. Because you start to resent yourself for doing wrong. You really do. No. You know that in yourself that you're caving in to evil. What? Oh, bring it. Um, oh, they, yeah. Oh, hold on, hold on a minute. Let me just finish this statement. Uh, you know you're giving in to evil. That's why and you become angry about that. And you kind of give up, but then you die. Really, you get sick. That's why you have to speak up, too, so you can stay free. Because when this stuff, came, you know, men and women of God give in to this stuff, it's not healthy. It's really not good for the soul. And so, yes, that could have killed her. One other thing I wanted to mention is, um, you know, raising a, raising a child, it's, it, it's a tightrope just like your life. Um, yeah. You don't want them to be fearful of you so much so that they can't that they can't speak up then on the other hand you don't want them to be so so into them into their selfishness that they speak up and they don't listen to anybody right there has to be a, a balance where they know when to listen and they know when to you know stand up for themselves you know, when i say be corrected and they, when i say fear for other parents i mean a a righteous respect for parents there is a respect that you're supposed to have for your parent that uh, contains you too. You know, it keeps you from going out of control. It teaches you love and discipline and that kind of stuff. That's the type of respect I'm talking about we should have. For, I had that for my grandparents. Uh, you know, I was able to somewhat speak up, but I had that. I knew when they spoke, I better listen. Because you, it was just there. That respect was there. And they carried themselves in a respectable manner too. And then it act like they were retarded. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
most adults today, especially young adults, are retarded. <laughs> retarded. It's hard to find one that's not. Let me take this phone one and then I'll come. Yes. Uh, Al from West Covina just called in. He made a couple points. One, he said that you haven't mentioned yet the government's role in locking people up or disciplining their kids. That's causing part of this problem. The second point is, uh, he said, instead of having kids sit in the corner when they uh, make a problem, he said they need an old-fashioned whooping. <laughs> well, definitely true. I mean, the reason that the government is, is able to come in and do what it's doing because the kids are not being disciplined at home, the parents are weak. And so because the devil is the father of this world, uh, when these kids are left open like that, it's natural for the government to come in and do what it does. That's its job, to corrupt and take over the weak and use them for their own personal gain. But if we had this strong, noble family, as strong as possible, because we all going to have some issues to overcome, but if we had that, the government could not come in and do it because the parents were not allowed to happen. They'll protect their children from the government, but the kids are not even protected at home, and so they cannot be protected with, from the government and the world, the other influences around them. You know, um, a, a guy was, a man and a wife were telling me the other day that, um, that his wife's sister is gay, and she wanted to come home and bring her gay lover, whatever they call. And, and, and he just said, no, you're not going to be able to do that. And then at first, the sister-in-law said, okay, I understand. And then he said, okay, fine, I'm glad you do understand, but you're not going to ever be able to lay up in my house with your bang anymore. And so at first, the sister-in-law acted like she accepted it. Then she went off on him. You're mean, you're judgmental. You should let me do this because your kids need to see this and know this now because they won't understand it. I'm like, no, they don't. Your kids don't need to understand that now. What do they need to know that for now? It's crazy. And now they're just constantly going after him, but he is so stern right now about it. Every time they try to, he's like, I don't care. Think what you want. You're not going to mess up my kids. Like, when they get older, then they can deal with that. But they're not mentally ready, emotionally ready for that stuff now. And that's what we got to do, folks. We got to say no to evil. Even to daddy and mama and brother and sister and aunt and uncle and, and their in-laws when they want to corrupt your life and your kids. Because they don't care. They're already corrupt. You don't have to go out and get a stranger to, to corrupt your family. The family members are doing it for you. <laughs> Family members are doing a good job themselves. We got to wake up, folks. I'm telling you, this is a serious issue. And I want to remind you that the devil made a promise that he's going to destroy every man, woman, and child. And he's keeping to his promise. He's absolutely keeping to his promise. And it's happening right after. You don't have to leave your home anymore. <laughs> really. Your, your own family member uh, 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 destroy you and your children. And the cats and the dog and everybody else, if you don't accept them, their lifestyle. If you say, no, this is wrong, you don't have to leave your home anymore. You, you have to fight with daddy and mama. But you've got to protect the soul of the children. God said that it's better to tie a stone around your neck and throw yourself in the ocean 
than it is to, to destroy a child and kids are being destroyed at home by parents. And as far as the government question, if we had real men who love God and protected their wives and kids and were there to do the right thing, this stuff would not be happening. It would not be happening. It only happened in weak households where there are no men or weak men. That's the only place it happened. I got so many weak men in my family, my cousins and stuff, it's pitiful. <laughs> I was at this dinner, and then I'll take your hand, and then we got to introduce the topic for next week, I mean next year. I was at this dinner with my family, and one of my cousins wanted to go home. So he says to his wife, He's been married to this woman 25 years, by the way. He's big as a house. I mean, just fat everywhere. Because his wife just stressed him out. He could have a heart attack anytime. Neck pain, back pains, everything. So he's sitting there. He says to his wife, uh, I'm going, I want, let me have your door key. I'm going home. I want to go home and rest. Uh, and he, apparently, he, I guess he rode there with her or something. And she, in front of everybody, said, no, sit down. You're not getting the key because you're not going to wake up when we get home anyway. And so I'm thinking to myself, why doesn't he have a key to his own house? And why does he have to say to my wife, his wife, I'm, I'm going to go home? And she said, and he just scooped back down on the couch and sat there. And she's the in-law. She's not even the, the law. <laughs> and she embarrassed him in front of his family and everything. I don't have any men. In my, I'm the only man in my family. And I'm just becoming one. It's not like I've been one all. <laughs> I'm overcoming that. But I, there are no men in my family. Isn't that sad? Now, they look like men when you see them. You know, they look like males. But there they are no men. And that's why these kids are suffering. Anyway, yes, sir. They, they literally destroy the dogs and cats, like you said, too. Yeah. I, the dogs we had when I was a little kid, everything was always chaotic. They wanted to get out so bad. The minute you open the gate, they would run. Yeah. They would get hit by cars. And it was horrible. <laughs> but then I was always wondering, is this the way dogs are? And then as I got older, I go, it can't be like this. Yeah. So then I started, you know, so as a kid, I would just train them. I'm like, okay, the dog wants to be around you. But anyhow. Uh, but also kids kids are aware of what's going on like uh, I have a, uh, some friends and they have a, a friend who comes over and he gets, has different girlfriends coming over and I was noticing that and they stay there and then uh, the little girls will bring it up with this really inquisitive sort of uh, almost a sense of mockery in there like oh um, yeah. you know so and so's got a new girlfriend and I think as, as the parents just accept it, then they, they, and they don't speak up <laughs> yeah. or allow it to happen. Then that's where they learn to not speak up either, you know, and they're the, it's open. I was watching this movie last night and this little girl about 12 years old, she was having some type of argument with her mother. Her mother said, oh, shut up. Go take your Valium. What's the name of those pills they give their kids? That, Prozac? Oh, yeah. She said, take your Prozac. That's how she dealt with it. And the little girl said, okay, mommy, I'll take my Prozac. She went and took her Prozac. And that's the norm now because the schools are giving these kids these things at such an early age. And now, and then they go to a psychiatrist or somebody, they give them some more pills. Oh, calm them down. They're overactive and they have names for it. They call it all kinds of diseases. And so they give them pills instead of teaching them how to deal with life. What a sacrifice that parents have made with their children. 
Isn't that something? They don't know how to deal with life. They can't teach their kids. Well, they believe authorities too much. Yeah, they believe in what the authority figures say. Oh, your child has, uh, what do they call it? They got all kinds of names. ADHD. ADHD. And here's a pill for ADFO, and here's a pill for all that. Here's a pill. And the parents say, okay. Here's a, no wonder they want free health care. Who can afford all those different pills you got to take? I would want some. Let me take Frank and then you, and then I want to introduce the theme for next year. What I notice uh, now is uh, there are no real men. Uh, I grew up in the last generations where we had, they had men, fathers in the home, they were real dominant. Yeah, they're gone, buddy. Very, very, very strong. And, and that's where the child gets the spirit from. They get it from their father, the strength of enduring, being strong, and and that kind of thing. And so I, I see now, I see the kids, they really don't have a chance because they don't have any of that, that influence. It's now. gone, man. It's bad. Anybody here disagree with what been said thus far? Anybody? How about you? It, what's been said so far? No? Anybody? Okay. Because if you do, I want to know. I could be wrong what I'm seeing here. I could be absolutely wrong. Uh, do you disagree? No, it's... Uh... It's a fear of confrontation with their kids. They Isn't don't that like, amazing? They're, you're scared of a little, you know, two-foot-tall <laughs> kid to confront them, you know? And uh, it doesn't just happen with kids either, you know? Like, I got a, a cousin who had a very tough childhood. Both her parents died. staying with my parents, but she doesn't eat well. She's, like, over 100 pounds overweight. She's, you know, not working, just spending money, you know, lies all the time, has all types of emotional problems, and no one, no one in my family will confront her about it. I was talking to my parents the other day on the way up, saying, like, we got to say something. Yes. And they're like, yeah, I don't want to hurt her feelings. Isn't that amazing? You know? And it's like, it's like she's literally killing herself, you know? Like, and it's like, ah, I don't want to hurt her feelings. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and then it's they, let, they let this lying, out-of-control person stand at home with them yeah. and corrupt, I mean, interrupt their lives. Yeah. Because they're not happy living with this person like that. Mm-hmm. And then they won't confront it, but they'll sacrifice their family to it. Yeah. That's amazing, huh? Yeah, it is. Make my hair want to turn red. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, man. Yeah. But yes, he, yeah. has to a, huh? he has to take on the role of the man in the family and say something to her because his dad won't, yeah. his mother won't. Yeah, you're going to have to say it, buddy. I had to do that for I had to save my aunt. She had let somebody move in, and she was, like, depressed from it. And everybody said, oh, don't hurt her feelings. Yeah, you know, let her stay there. And so I, I called my aunt one day, and I'm like, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm all right. <laughs> I said, that woman, I called her a gal. That gal's still there? Yeah, she in there. <laughs> oh, let me talk to her. We'll get her. I got that woman out of there. My, my aunt act like it's Christmas every day now. <laughs> I mean, she has come alive. <laughs> but she's letting this person stay at her home and could not get her out. Because she didn't want to hurt her feelings. So you may have to protect your parents from that. Yeah. You're right about that. You may have to take the stand. And don't worry about being loved. You don't need their love. But you need to stand up for your parents. Yeah. Yeah. Yes? Yeah, it's an interesting scenario. I think there's a lot of misconception that a woman's love, which is sort of not to confront with things 
Yeah. Sweep it under the carpet. Yeah. You know, and, and they'll defend it to the to the end of the world <laughs> that they have love. Yeah. And they'll yell at you because you want to actually, you really care about this person who's overweight and you want to help them. And you can see they're eating themselves into death and they don't want to do a thing about it because they want to be careful about their feelings. And, th and that's... And that's what society is today. Society is about not hurting people's feelings. Yeah. And it, sure. it, yeah, yeah. there's a movie. There's a movie Sherlock Holmes I saw last night, and, and, and the main character had deceived. Had, had the main uh, evil character had deceived, tried to deceive the world that he had special powers, and it was all a lie. He had no powers. It was all like he had just figured out some gadgets to use, and Sherlock Holmes had figured it out. <laughs> It's the same thing in real life. Yeah. The devil doesn't have power unless you give the power that's right. to the devil. He doesn't have any power at all. And that's the truth, so help me. That was a great connection. He is a deceiver. He doesn't have power. If he can deceive you, he control you. He doesn't have power. That's a good analogy, man. Good example. Real short. Yeah, real short. I was just on a happier note for little kids. My daughter, you know, she has the little guy who's going to be two. And so far, they're doing really well with him. He's, you know, within bounds. Yeah. You know, like when he uh, overspills and starts screaming, she, she just says no. And then when I say, oh, we should, and she goes, he has to deal with it. That's right. So, so, good. We got one testimony out of here. So he's really, and Somebody. his papa too, you know, they don't. These parents don't love their children. They're afraid of them. They're catered to them. They're afraid. Yeah. Um, in the what came first category, chicken or the egg, I, I, I realized that um, I, I was seeing those, uh, the Muslims cut themselves and, and carry on, you know, punishing themselves. Yeah. And I, I think that's got a lot to do with people when they, when they, um, when they sin, when they don't do what's right, when they're weak. They beat up on themselves afterwards, you know, and, and when other people tell them what's wrong, they can't handle yeah. being wrong, and so they beat up on themselves, they get angry at themselves and mad. That's not the kind of person who's going to speak up to somebody else and tell them what's wrong. Yeah. Because they can't handle it themselves. They can't handle it themselves. And so they are, be hypocrites. they are being true to what they believe. They yeah. believe they can't handle it, so they shouldn't put that truth off on somebody else who can't Amen. handle it. We got, it's a spiritual battle. It's a battle between good and evil. It's not physical at all. It's not physical. Um, Sherry, did you have your hand again? Okay. I want to, you know, I hope that this year, and it sounds like you guys understood about enduring and you've had to deal with some stuff. What I realize is that um, for next year, our theme is trust truth. Is that right, Patrick? Trust truth. Truth, truth. Trust. Yeah, trust truth. What I realize is that people don't trust truth. They don't trust it. Because if you trust truth, things would not be out of control in the manner that they are. There is great power in truth. It's a relaxation in life, really. You just kind of go through life, live your life, and doing the right thing. Will you trust it? If you have any doubt at all, you don't trust truth. When you see you need to do something and you think about it, a second thought about it, you don't trust truth. You really don't. 
when you're afraid to speak up, when you're afraid to take a risk in your life, you don't trust truth. If you got to go around and be validated about it before you're able to do it, or if you're concerned about failing at it, or somebody love you for it or don't love you for it, you don't trust truth. And people, truth works, folks. I'm a living witness to that. And I used to be on the other side where I said I trusted it, but I didn't. But I'm on this side now for the last 21 years where I've trusted that and it does work. And it's greater than the lie. It really is. People love lies. They lie to themselves and they look for people to lie to them. And as long as you love lies, you're never going to have a proper relationship with truth. And examples of that, um, we talked earlier about how the world, uh, the secular society or the world or, or people of the devil, because that's what it is. Anytime somebody's trying to force something on you like that, they want to corrupt your children, whether it's mom and daddy and sister, brother or whomever, they're evil. And so they're trying to uh, uh, impose that, their lives on you or your family, and you don't speak up to them. You don't speak up to them because you don't trust truth. You'd rather have a relationship with children or people of the devil, of the lie, than you would with God and people of truth. You don't trust truth when you're afraid to protect your own family because you're concerned about being light. I told my family on Christmas, there is not one person in this house that I care about liking me. Not one. <laughs> not, one not one of you guys. I said, you guys are liars anyhow. Back body, you lie to each other, you lie on each other. Why would I care about liking you? I, I love what's right. Um, so, but if you trust truth, because of time, I, keep, I made some notes that I really want to get out to you. There is this big push now at my family member, at my family gathering on my uncle and aunt's side of the family. Most, a lot of people in the room were educated, young folks with degrees, and just as dumb as a doorknob. They all into this education stuff and they agree with each other, but when it comes to morals and values and what is right, they're like far away from that. They support abortion, they support everything that's wrong. But they can give you politics and education. Education is the answer. Education is not the answer to life. And that's what's being pushed on children of God now. That education is the answer. Anybody disagree with me that education is not the answer? But everybody going for it, though, they agree. The moment you have a baby, the, the, the goal now is to make sure they go to college. That's all I hear everybody saying. The goal is not to make sure they grow up noble children, uh, you know, be noble people and love was right. The, the goal now is they got to go to college. The goal is not that they learn how to work with their hands. They learn a trade that they know how to take care of themselves. The goal is they go on to college. Every, the Christians are pushing that. There's nothing wrong with going to college, but their education is not the answer. It's like they're getting everybody educated so they can dumb the world down, demoralize the world. There's nowhere in the Bible where God said, okay, you had little Johnny, prepare Johnny to go to college. He said, I'll supply your needs. 
You raise good and noble people. People that love what's right. I'll take care of you. Is that true or not? And we kind of knew this at one time. There were trade schools, there were colleges that were learning to work. I was told, if, as long as you know how to work, boy, you can take care of yourself. Because character was first. All right? Uh, so education is not the answer when you trust truth. Black power. I'm hearing now about black power. And they call it black power because New York has a black governor. We got a black president. Everybody in the mama black now. And now they're saying black power need to rule. That is the dumbest evil thing that I can possibly hear. First of all, there is no such thing as black power. There is either right and wrong power. There's a truth or a lie. It has nothing to do with your black color or your white color. It has everything to do with your character and the God that you serve. It, just, it, it has nothing. It's, but this is what they're pushing now, deceiving the next generation. And everybody's okay with that. Nobody's saying, no, there's no such thing as black power. We got to put some truth in there. You got to trust truth and stand up in the midst of the crowd and say, this is evil. They even yelling at the president because he won't focus on black power. He's the president of everybody. Not some black power president. But they want black power from here. Next year, we got to trust truth. Um, Oh, another thing that's happening, and we'll get into all this next year. There's this notion that, oh, I just got to get with my family. It's the holiday. I love family. Let's just all get together because we're family. What is Christmas, Christmas about? Family. <laughs> and that is so dumb, it's right in the category of black power. <laughs> And let me tell you why I said that's dumb. Because when you get with the family, there's no love, no honesty. It's just all fate. But we went to family. What's the purpose of having a family if you can't help, if you can't be honest with one another so we can be free and love one another as God wanted us to love each other as family? You don't want to just have a family just for the sake of getting with a bunch of folks and calling them family. Isn't that true? Or just me? <laughs> but oh, it's so fancy now to get with the family. <laughs> I'd rather be alone. <laughs> Am I wrong about that, Linda? Huh? I, I can't reach shoulder language. They, they can't reach your shoulder. Am I wrong about that? No. But family get together now, they're all liars. And then if you throw the truth in the family, they'll burn you at stake. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I was going to say, I was with Keith's family for Christmas Eve, and we were talking yesterday how when you get together, the tension's palpable. Like, people, they say the nice things, and, they, and they're polite, and they're courteous, but you can actually feel the, the, the bubbling underneath the surface. Yes. It's like, I wonder if I said something controversial <laughs> happened. Like, World War Three would break out. It would. Because everyone is just on the edge of just jumping over and they all restrain themselves just enough to hold back for the holiday. But it's, it's like, it almost makes, makes me a little uncomfortable because I'm not particularly used to that. Right. And it's like, everyone's so upset. And I don't know why. 
because it's much it's much deeper than me just coming into the picture. Like I'm not used to this, but it's literally palpable. And it's, it's just I'm like, how can you enjoy the holidays when you literally cannot speak freely? That's right. You cannot do it. It's not welcome. I, and that's why we gotta focus that here on love and truth, because if we don't change this, folks, and it's only the truth that's gonna change it. It cannot change any other way. It's only truth that's going to change it. Truth without hating, truth without judging. I want to make that clear too. But it's only truth that's going to change the situation. Real fast, I had an incident. Another, I, my, my, my Christmas thing was a trip. Long story short, one of the in-laws said something about, to me, that was wrong. And then she said something added to it, and I made her apologize. I said, hey, stop the party. And I just made, I wouldn't let her move. And everybody like screaming and yelling. And then there was another lady there who was there for the first time. My cousin had brought his girlfriend home to visit. And she's supposed to be going to school for a lawyer, to be a lawyer, right? And so she said something. And I said, shut up. You're just as dumb as a doorknob. Shut up. And man, when I said that, it was like, oh. I wish I had a video of this. I mean, they were like, no, don't talk to her like that. She is a guest. You can't tell her that she's dumb. She's a lawyer. <laughs> she's going to law school. <laughs> I'm like, she is dumb. And she's grinning like a chess cat. Don't know what she's talking about. But she's a guest. What kind of I have to tell you afterward. Because I'm running out of time here and I want to introduce her. But they tricked me over there. I was with my, my immediate family having a good time. They called me up. <laughs> They're like, oh, I thought you, my, my cousin John, I had him on a radio show. He like, he want the Bible go-to guy. Where's the Bible go-to guy? I can't wait to get him. And so that's what started the whole thing out, right? Oh, really? <laughs> oh my God. The they hate the Bible go-to guy. The Bible go-to guy, next to Jesse Peterson, the Bible go-to guy is the most hated. <laughs> really? I'm telling you, we don't know who he is. And they try to find out who he is, too. Is he an expert? They asked me, is he uh... <laughs> I'll buy a seminary. Huh? He's an engineer. <laughs> but they were, I mean, they hate about it. And then they, they, they can tolerate the guy that presents the uh, behind the headline, Patrick Rooney. They can take Patrick a little bit. They say, well, I like Patrick. But that Bible go-to guy? Uh-uh. <laughs> My cousin's dying to get to the Bible go-to guy. Believe me. They hate the Bible go-to guy. They don't even want me to have the Bible go to God because he's white and he doesn't have a right to be telling us what to do with the Lord. <laughs> really, they hate, they hate the Bible go to God. But anyway, one other point, and I'll have to end it, is uh, gospel, gospel music. People are pop locking and dancing and rapping and carrying on with, with uh, gospel music and saying that it's Christian. We out of time. <laughs> Oh, 10 seconds. Next year, trust truth, all right? Go to my website at Bond Info. Tune into my radio show. We're going to deal with truth all next year. Thank you for tuning in. And Happy New Year to you, too. Happy New Year to you guys. For more information or to purchase a copy of this show, visit us on the web at www.bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-BOND.